This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. And a quarter cents yesterday, uh, settling at 510 and a quarter. After posting sharp gains in reaction to acreage data from the USDA earlier in the week, soybeans and corn uh, both moved off their weekly highs while acres for both crops uh, but while acres for both crops did fail to meet expectations there are still uh, they're still up on the year and relatively favorable early condition ratings across the midwest point to good yields the u.s winter wheat harvest is progressing at a good pace and harvest pressure is accounting for some of the uh, uh, nearby weakness in those contracts lately. Spring wheat, meanwhile, uh, it was down in sympathy with the other wheats, but there are some concerns over uh, dryness in the northern growing regions. Weather conditions through the growing season will likely account for much of the direction in the U.S. grains and oil seeds over the next few weeks. That's a look at the ice futures and U.S. markets for Friday, July 3rd. In Winnipeg, for Markets Farm, I'm Phil Franz Workington. There are no such things as small chores on your farm, so you need equipment that works as hard as you do, especially during harvest season. That's where New Holland and Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John come in. During New Holland Harvest Days, get terrific deals on equipment to help you work more productively. Save with 0% financing and cashback offers on select tractors, hay tools, and harvesting equipment. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today for details. But hurry, Harvest Days end September 30th, 2020. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Moose Talks. Today, we have one guest, but he's very important and we have quite a bit to talk about with him. Uh, Dan Davies, the MLA for Peace River North, is joining us. And uh, he's joining us from Prince George today, so... Dan, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. Hey, good morning, Doug. Happy to be here. Excellent. All right, well, uh, let's get right into it. Um, we're going to talk a bit later about all the changes that have happened at the legislature since uh, the session kind of reopened two weeks ago. But I thought we'd start uh, a bit on the old Fort Landslide since that's kind of still happening. Uh, the PRD filed a FOIP request uh, with the provincial government for info pertaining to the 2018 Old Fort Landslide. And uh, the government says they uh, kind of responded back and said they refused on the ground that it could possibly harm law enforcement. What do you know about this, and do you have any insight in, as to what that means or what the government's doing in this regard? You know, no, and, uh, you know, to, to me it's completely inappropriate that, uh, you know, that they're not sharing this information um you know there, there's information in there i'm sure that uh, can benefit the regional district uh you know and certainly information in there that uh, the residents should know um you know it, it's uh it, it's pretty bad when uh you know a, a, a tie, the tie newspaper can apply and, and and get the uh the foi and you get a, a local government that does the same and and you know pretty much told to go pound sand so uh, completely inappropriate. Uh, we are going to be actually um, 
uh, applying for an FOI as well uh, ourselves through our own uh, through our own caucus, and uh, hopefully hopefully get some information there. But uh, it, it's it's completely not on, and, and you know disrespectful uh, to the people, especially the people of the that are going through so much. Absolutely. Um, I mean, this is sort of a tough situation because, of course, you're the MLA for this region where this is happening. Uh, you're not in government. You're in the opposition. I mean, what what role do you have to play in this? I mean, you kind of just press the government to be more forthcoming with this information because, as you say, it's so unfair to the residents who are now going through this a second time. Yeah, so there's a few things that, uh, you know, that we're doing. Uh, you know, recently I just, uh, I hosted a meeting with uh, the Minister of Transport, uh, Claire Trevena. Uh, I had myself, uh, uh, Bob Zimmer, Brad Sperling, and, and uh, an elected representative from the old fort, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, so discussing, you know, options moving forward. Uh, what does it look like for, you know, residents having access uh, plans for the community and, you know, the road, if, uh, you know, what, when is the road going to be reopened? Um, <clears throat> also going to be looking at, uh, you know, there's so many questions. They had a, a town hall at Lido Theater, which I attended, and uh, listening to some of the concerns. And, you know, you gotta you got to ask a number of questions, of course. Uh, you know, this slide happened almost two years ago, and, and you got to wonder what planning has been in place in the meantime uh, leading up to this, and, and uh, uh, you know, it, it uh, at, at this point, it doesn't sound like there, there has been a lot, and, and you know, which you know certainly raises some questions, especially for you know the residents that uh, that live in Old Fort. Uh, we have a meeting also lined up for next week. Uh, the same uh, group of people will be meeting with Minister uh, Mike Farnworth, the uh, uh, Minister of Public Safety, who's also uh, oversees the Emergency Management BC. Uh, talking about some of the uh, issues and and such around uh, people getting access to uh, to the community, you know, and uh, that doesn't matter, uh, you know, what it looks like if you're looking at getting uh, access to uh, services such as uh, water and sewers. Most people down there, of course, are on uh, uh, septic systems and and cisterns. Uh, so there's it. It's a complex issue. Uh, you know, really, really feel for all the residents. Uh, you know, down at uh, down at the old fort. Um, you know, being being that you know they've they just kind of got over the the first time that this happened, and and here we are again. And then, of course, you know, we look outside and uh, see the amount of rainfall that's happening. And you know, there's uh, certainly you know probably some uh, anxiety around what is that going to do, and and how is that going to impact uh, you know the, the slide right now. Okay. Now, uh, speaking a bit about the government and their response to things, um, the reopening plan uh, for BC is well underway, and the government is conducting a survey on how they should spend the $1.5 billion uh, that they've earmarked for COVID-19 recovery. What do you think of the government's decision to conduct a survey on this when they have their economic um, uh, recovery uh, board council? I can't remember the name offhand. Uh, When they have all these sort of uh, means of maybe already having these questions answered for them. Do you think it's good that they're asking people for their opinion on this? Well, you know, this this is kind of uh, the, the weird part. You know, here we are sitting, um, you know, and uh, this, this, this pandemic happened, um, oh, when? Uh, 
you know, we're, we're going back uh, end of January. Of course, you know, everything came to a complete shutdown in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we are in uh, uh, June. We just returned to the uh, legislature. Uh, you know, we, we have, uh, as opposition, have been asking some pretty hard questions in the last uh, few weeks. And, you know, it's time to be looking at the economy. Uh, it's time, you know, and, and at the same time, of course, not forgetting about, the, you know, we are still in, in uh, you know, a crisis regarding uh, the pandemic. But, uh, you know, BC has fared pretty well overall. So so when the questions start coming down, OK, it's it's time to start turning the economy back on and getting people back to work. And then to hear, you know, the government say, yeah, yeah, we'll, we're going to do a survey now. Um, it, it, we were dumbfounded. Uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, we, we don't feel that, A, first of all, the survey was really required. Uh, as, you know, people have been reaching out. Uh, we have been sharing, you know, I, I've had numerous people reach out to me, um, you know, and, and my uh, colleague uh, MLAs. And, you know, we've been pushing that stuff up to uh, up to governments and, you know, here's the word on the street. Uh, I know the government has, uh, you know, has had uh, engaged in some discussions, um, you know, so so when they come out and say we're going to start a survey now for for a couple months and, and we'll come up with some recommendations. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we can't wait for a couple more months. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are already at, uh, you know, at the end of the, the rope, you know, holding on to that knot they t- they have, uh, they've tied on. Uh, we need answers. Uh, we need uh, recommendations. We need a plan to move forward and uh, safely get the economy going and safely get people back to work. Uh, you know, you, I, and I think I might have mentioned this the last time I was on your show, Dub, the, uh, you know, the Premier has created a, uh, economic task force, uh, recovery task force. And, you know, the, the idea is great. Uh, this was done uh, oh, a couple months ago now. And, uh, but, you know, we, we had to criticize the government because of the makeup of this committee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've written the government letters, we've written the premier letters saying, you know, right now the economic recovery for the province of British Columbia uh, uh, committee is made up of the Surrey Board of Trade, the Vancouver Board of Trade. Uh, you've got the nonprofit sector represented there. Uh, you've got uh, uh, First Nations represented, and you've got the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Provincial Chamber of Commerce sitting on this. Um, a good start, but far from, I think, hitting the mark uh, regarding what we need to start the economy. Where's industry? Uh, where where are the people you know on the ground that are being impacted by this the most? Where's the oil and gas sector? Where's the tourism sector? Where's the agriculture folks? Mining, uh, forestry. Uh, you know where where are the people that uh, you know in in our opinion are going to be leading the way out of this uh, you know this this economic disaster that we find ourselves in? Why do they not have a seat at the table? Mm-hmm. Where's rural BC? Where's northern BC? You know, so there's there was lots of questions that uh, that we put forth to government saying, you know, the idea of having this economic recovery uh, uh, committee was good, but uh, it missed the mark and fell short, uh, you know, from what we really need to uh, to get going. So what is that? What does recovery look like to you then in, in kind of your perfect world if you are ma- able to make all the decisions? I mean, is it? You want the government to maybe spend all or a big chunk of that money on infrastructure spending, i.e. replacing the Taylor Bridge? Is it loosening restrictions further and faster so that businesses can uh, make decisions uh, 
to kind of move forward and and kind of get the economy uh, moving again what what are you hoping to see once the government finally uh, assuming they do uh releases more of a plan on what's to happen next well, you know, first, uh, you know, loosening restrictions. I mean, that's going to be done in consult, obviously, with uh, Dr. Henry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working around that. Um, but, you know, Dub, over, over the past few years, you know, it, it, it's, it's been crazy. You know, we've seen, uh, you know, British Columbia lose its competitive edge. Uh, you know, we are a blessed province, uh, no doubt about it. We are so lucky we have... Uh, you know, an abundance of resources and all, you know, really all of them. We've got mining. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, you know, a, a forest sector. We've got agriculture. We've got fishing. You know, we've got oil and gas. Uh, you know, we, we've got tourism. I mean, it, it, we have everything. And over the past number of years, you know, unfortunately, we've, um, you know, seen uh, the government's attitude on this. Uh, you know, kind of put it all into the back seat and, and focus on the pie in the sky, I guess. Um, you know, we've, we've increased taxation. We've uh, increased red tape. Uh, you know, permits are, are now, you know, I wouldn't say impossible, but, you know, they're, they're well on, on the way to, uh, to, to getting industry moving forward. So your question about what does economic recovery look like to me, you know, we need to embrace our industries um, we need to uh, to get that competitive edge back again, because you know right now uh, you know the, the government is is planning to tax their way uh, out of this economic downturn. I don't know about you, but I'm taxed enough, and uh, I'm pretty sure if you uh, you know did a poll online, uh, you'd be pretty much 100% people saying that uh, you know there's there's no more to give. So we need to be looking at attracting capital dollars into British Columbia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, said on and over and over again, uh, capital dollars are like water. You know, they will they will take the path of least resistance. And uh, unfortunately, British Columbia has a lot of resistance because, you know, the whole wide world is digging themselves out of an economic uh, catastrophe right now. So everybody is now looking at ways to be, you know, how can we attract those capital dollars? The real, you know, these 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 real dollars that uh, invest in people, that invest in our communities, that you know allow us to build hospitals and schools and keep our roads maintained. Um, you know, so we we got to get competitive. We got to really look at, uh, you know, how we are, um, you know, attracting these companies. And you know, just last week in the legislature, uh, government passed uh, uh, a bill uh, around mining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to to add more levels of of uh, uh, bureaucracy, which is the exact opposite of what we need to do. And and I'm not saying we need to you know throw out our environmental uh, uh, you know uh, policies that we have in place. I don't think there's anybody that would. BC does things right. Doesn't matter if it's oil and gas, mining, or forestry. Uh, the rest of the world looks to us as leaders in the world and how to do resource extraction right. And, uh, you know, that's something that we need to break, embrace. That's something that we should be standing up on our milk crates uh, singing about. But unfortunately, we have a government that, uh, uh, provincially and federally, that doesn't seem to uh, to be doing that right now. And, and we need to. If, if we don't, we are in big trouble. Okay. Well, we're going to talk a bit about, uh, we've got a 
said what you think right now and how you've been hammering the government on this, you and the Liberals. We're going to talk about how that looks in just a minute because the legislature, as I said, open up. It is very different than it was uh, when it uh, shut down. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about that in just a minute when we return right here on Moose Talks. You're shopping around for an automobile. Come see Ford City Chrysler. You're trying to find the very best deal. Looking for a fine pre-owned vehicle? Ford City Chrysler has cars, trucks, minivans, and SUVs. Four-wheel drive pickups and diesels, too. Many with remaining factory warranty. And they're all quality inspected and ready to go. At Ford City Chrysler, you're buying from your hometown dealer. No pressure, no hassles, just honesty and integrity. Only at Ford City Chrysler. Only in Fort St. John. Everyone struggles with computers. New shortcuts, plug-and-play devices that don't play when you plug them, and more. Sit back and learn some stupid computer tricks with Vern from Computer Emporium across from the Northern Grand Hotel on 100th Avenue in Fort St. John. Have you ever wanted to connect more than one monitor to your computer? Many computer users today have two or even three monitors connected to the same computer. This can easily be accomplished with today's full-featured video cards and or a variety of cables, adapters, and connectors. If you want more than one monitor on your computer, start by looking on the back of the computer tower for any and all video output ports. The common types of video port are the 15-pin VGA port, usually blue, the 24-pin DVI port, usually white, and the newer HDMI port, and possibly the latest called the Display Port. The Display Port kind of looks like an HDMI port, but with one flat side. If you find one or more of these ports on your computer, then you have all you need to connect a second monitor. They don't even have to be the same type of port and usually aren't. If you have only one video output port, see the experts at Computer Emporium for a solution. Stupid Computer Tricks with Vern from Computer Emporium. Helping you use computers more efficiently. It's heard Monday to Saturday on Moose FM. Hi, Vern here from Computer Emporium. Inc toner, printers, laptops, gaming parts, and accessories. We have what you need when you need it. Put us to the challenge and we will deliver. See the advantage of shopping at Computer Emporium, helping you use computers more efficiently. System Secure Locksmith has handled all types of locks on a variety of residential and commercial properties. We've tackled just about every kind of locksmithing issue and offer only the best commercial grade locks for our installations. Come see us on 100th Ave or find us online at systemsecurelocksmith.ca. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. We're uh, talking with Dan Davies all about, well, a lot of things. Uh, We were talking about the economy just now, but I wanted to ask you about this, Dan. Um, Yesterday, the premier said that Americans driving through B.C. to Alaska shouldn't be stopping on the way and and you know taking their time visiting that sort of thing what do you think of the premier's comments do you think they're fair or or is that sort of unreasonable (laughs) to think that americans are just going to drive straight through bc to get home well you know and uh you know i i wouldn't say this too often but i i I don't disagree with what the premier said Mm -hmm. um you know we we understand there there is a a need for americans to travel uh, you know, certainly for for work. I mean, you know, the the Alaska is is certainly a, a unique situation that is divided by a, a big mass called British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, it's expected that uh, you know Americans will be traveling back and forth. Uh, but you know, 
the these visitors need also to understand that uh, you know the, these rules are in place. Uh, it's very clearly conveyed to them when they cross the border. Um, you know they they have to have their plans. So you know when when they say they're they're you know going to Alaska for work or they're returning home uh, from from work or whatever the the, the case may be that uh, creates the necessity. And they're they're being pulled over in uh, Banff uh, while touring around Banff and shopping in the shops there, and um, you know there there's there is no need for that. You know there there will be opportunities. Obviously, things will get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this time, you know BC, we've done pretty darn good. Like I mentioned a few moments ago, um, you know probably one of the the best jurisdictions uh, uh, certainly on the continent regarding you know how we've uh, managed the uh, the outbreak and how. Uh, how our recovery is going and uh, unfortunately the you know south of us uh, they have not and I I think it's just something that uh, you know we need to be very careful about um, and uh, be very cautious about so uh, like I say you know fully understand and and, uh, uh, expect people traveling back and forth but you know it's uh, they they shouldn't be making their holidays Uh, I agree with that Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I want to switch gears now to talk a bit about how the legislature has changed because it opened uh, two weeks ago now. Um, a session opened, I should say, and it had been closed, I believe, for three-ish months kind of straight, basically. Uh, so there's plenty of new things kind of in store because, again, the government's trying to keep everybody safe. Uh uh, you know, with social distancing in light of the pandemic. Can you tell us some of the big things that have changed? Because there's only a few MPs kind of attending in uh, person right now. Is that correct? Yeah, so it, it's uh, there's been a lot of changes, obviously. Um, you know, the uh, it, we call it a hybrid model mm-hmm. is what we're calling it. Um, you know, so it's a cross between uh, MLAs that are actually sitting in the legislature um, I believe that there's a total of 24, uh, 12 on, on each side. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, uh, there's a few others that are in offices uh, in Victoria and uh, that, that even are participating by Zoom in the, in the legislature. And then uh, the, the majority of MLAs are uh, in their constituencies uh, participating by Zoom. Now, it, it's interesting, you know, uh, we've all got used to technology now, probably, uh, you know, more than we would have ever imagined uh, mm-hmm. over the past few months. Uh, I was a little hesitant, wondering how is this going to work? I mean, the, the legislature is a pretty dynamic place, uh, you know, when you've got a lot of moving parts, uh, you know, whether it be question period, whether it's banter back and forth, um, you know, which obviously has completely changed. Uh, you know, there's there's no heckling. We were I, I wanted to create little postcards I could hold up to heckle, but uh, I'm not <laughs> sure it wouldn't have the same meaning. It there's just something about you know that lively banter back and forth in in the legislature during question period. Uh, but it is working. Uh, there hasn't been uh, uh, you know too many uh, glitches whatsoever. We've had a couple folks that couldn't get their mics off uh, for whatever reason. So. Uh, but statements, uh, pretty much procedures, and and you know I would say the legislature is almost uh, almost back to complete normal now uh, in in regards to doing our job. Now you had mentioned that we've been pushed back. Uh, you know we missed uh, all of March, April, and May, so we're actually now 
we're still doing that, uh, but we're going to be doing it all summer now, right through to the middle of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means resuming uh, a number of bills. Actually, we were quite surprised how many uh, pieces of legislation that the uh, uh, government has brought forward. Um, you know, we actually think that they brought too much, and there's some stuff that just is unnecessary. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's not a lot of time to debate a lot of this. So, uh, And we're also still in budget debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we had just barely got started. I, I, uh, first thing, one of the first things I did when I returned to the legislature was uh, complete my own budget debates uh, on the education portfolio, which I'm uh, ahead of. So uh, it's, it's, it is looking different, but uh, it is working. So. How is voting working? Because uh, traditionally you have to be present in order to vote for things. Uh, has that changed? Are, are people who are uh, appearing via Zoom able to vote, or is there always kind of a representative <laughs> amount of uh, MLAs in so that, you know, when votes happen? Yeah. So so voting obviously is different. That uh, That is something that is done in person. There's two types of votes. Uh, you know, you've got uh, you know you've got a, your your quick votes where everybody just moves legislation along quickly, as you know, with a usually a unanimous eye uh, or a unanimous nay or whatever. But um, you know, now we're holding up. You know, we hold up a white piece of paper in front of the lens or a white piece of paper with a black X. Um, but whenever there is a, a division called, which meaning uh, a, a, a vote that you want on the record, mm-hmm. uh, those would usually happen throughout the day. Um, bells would ring in the legislature and MLAs would have five minutes to get into their seat and then uh, the vote would be cast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, now in this world where, you know, everything is different, all division votes are pushed to the end of that day. And then uh, you have 15 minutes to uh, log on to your computer and then uh, a a roll call is done and you cast your vote. So uh, it is done differently. And uh, but again, I mean, overall, I, I think it is working pretty good. OK, I, I wanted to ask because I know this legislature is uh, pretty. Uh, what's the word? It's, it's divided pretty closely in terms of voting. Right. So yeah. confidence motion. Someone's laptop craps out at the wrong time. Suddenly <laughs> you might have an issue. But uh, that's so it happens at the same time every day, which kind of uh, gives everyone. Yeah, enough. It, it does happen at the same time every day. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, you're, you're right. I mean, we are we're we're pretty much uh, being held together by two two votes. Um, you know, all it takes is, uh, you know, someone, uh, you know, when they're back in their home riding, uh, you know, to maybe take an extended lunch or, mm-hmm. or to figure, you know what, there's probably not going to be a vote. I'm going to maybe do a little fishing trip or something, whatever. Uh, it, uh, there is the possibility. There's no confidence votes. The only one confidence vote will be the vote on the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, other than that, if they don't win a vote, it's still embarrassing for government. And, sure. uh, you know, you start losing, you start losing votes. You, you can call into question, uh, you know, can this govern, uh, can this government govern? So those, those are, uh, absolute concerns. And, um, you know, there's, there's already lots of talk about an election, you know, possibly this fall, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's been some hints dropped, so who knows? It's, it's, uh, you know, minority parliaments, we've probably outlived, um, by far the average minority, uh, parliament right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, unfortunately we're gonna have to leave that possible election, uh, stuff till next time. So <laughs> that's our next topic. Absolutely. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to us today. My pleasure. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. We'll be right back to wrap things up right here on Moose Talks.
You never know when your vehicle's transmission will break. S&J Automotive has been serving Fort St. John for over 10 years, with Shane being in the industry for over 35 years. They specialize in automatic and standard transmissions, differentials and drivelines, as well as general repair. They are committed to your satisfaction and go above and beyond to get to know you and understand your needs. Their shop is equipped with the latest technologies and rest assured that you will get high-quality repairs on your vehicle. S&J Automotive is open Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call 250-785-7172 to make an appointment or visit sjautomotive.ca. V.E. Brandle has been serving the oil field construction industry in Northeast BC since 1961 and have become one of the largest earth-moving contractors based out of Fort St. John. Their reputation is built on trust and quality of workmanship and have become a respected contractor in the oil and gas industry. They operate a well-maintained fleet of equipment and the use of top-con GPS technology to build sites, ponds, and roads to design. V.E. Brandle has been a mainstream in the community for over 59 years and a strong supporter of all nonprofit organizations and First Nations programs. For your next earthwork project, Contact V.E. Brandle, 250-785-2916. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks again to Dan Davies for taking some time out to talk to us today. Uh, yeah, if you uh, missed this episode... Or if you'd like to hear it again, you can download the podcast over at energeticcity.ca slash moose talks. It will also be available in video form shortly on the Moose FM and Energetic City. Facebook pages. Well, that does it for this episode of Moose Talks for this week. Studio production was by Lindsay Cooper. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm Dub Craig. Until next time. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace.
reminder to wash your hands from us here at Moose FM. I was feeling the blues. I was watching the news when this fella came on the TV. He said, I'm telling you that science has proved that heartaches are healed by See, that got me going without even knowing. I'm back 
Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.